But if the interior spirit isn't there, then it's us doing stuff to try and make Easter special, or to try and make Easter something which is adequately celebrated. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Living Fullness. Whether you're listening in through your earpiece, in your car or in your home or through our YouTube channel, welcome and a very happy Easter to you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Sina. And to you too, Padre. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? I'm well. I am doing well. That's the way. What have you been up to? I have just been trying to find some kind of a rhythm and balance to life. (laughs) Things have been really crazy in the good kind of way, not like crazy, chaotic kind of way, but in the crazy, everything is back on my plate, let's try and find a balance kind of thing and try and find a rhythm where it all works. So I found like a balance in terms of I know what I can carry and what's Mm. on my plate, but I'm just trying to synchronize it so it flows a bit more. Sure, sure. Yeah. What about you? Well, I mean, this has been my first Easter as the cathedral administrator. Mm. So that's been kind of exciting. It's mm. been very new. I, I haven't had to celebrate, be the main celebrant for anything because the bishop is the main celebrant of, of all course. these things. So, yeah, of course. So, so, uh, but does that but, mean like uh, lots of behind the scenes lots work? Lots of behind yeah. the scenes stuff. I mean, my, my, my assistant is the, um, is the MC. So he's like, he, he bears a lot of the, uh. a lot of the stress with that. Uh, but uh, I'm there making sure that, you know, everything is where it needs to be. And, yeah. And um, in the setup before that, mm. so uh, he's in the in the ceremony. He's the guy who's just like Bishop. You need to be here and you need to be there. And yeah, yeah. So ah, okay, yeah. all right, fair enough. That's new territory for you. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> it is new territory. Yeah. So every Easter, we sort of try to pick a particular aspect that we can pull apart for you know for this particular special episode that oh. we have. Would you like to intro today's episode? Sure, Padre? sure. I think the best way that I can introduce this this episode is to talk about the Easter story, which is that we believe that Jesus uh, was crucified, that he died, and that he died the shameful death of the cross, that he willingly submitted to that. He laid down his life for us for that. Uh, but the death wasn't the end of his story. Uh, he then went on to rise again on the third day, so he was in the tomb for three days, uh, and then rose again to new life and that he actually invites us to share that new life with him. And in doing that, he actually encounters many of his disciples. So he encounters Mary Magdalene, he encounters the apostles, and each time he encounters them, he brings them promises of peace and hope without the promise that they'll be without turbulence. Mm. So he he promises them, look, you're going to have peace, you're going to have hope, you're going to have love, but you're also going to have tons and tons of turbulence. Uh, So he gives them that... um, uh, uh, that kind of, of assurance, but also reality, right? Yeah. Gives them a reality check along with the assurance yeah. with them always. Mm. So that kind of, in a certain, that, that sort of leads us really into what we're wanting to talk about today, which is celebrating the resurrection and bearing yeah. witness to it. Yeah, yeah, which is challenging, right, in our current climate that we have. Like it's hard to bear witness mm-hmm. to the resurrection. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to, to do that like in, in any kind of way that seems good and well and obvious and overt. Like it's very hard to do that, especially because our culture mostly <laughs> is not very accepting of Christian values and pockets of it yeah. is very anti-Christian oh, yes. values as oh, well. Yes, so that, yes. that makes it extremely challenging. Yes, no question. 
But then you've also got pockets and spaces of our society that looks at faith and spirituality as, you know, that's kind of a bit weird. Like there's Mm -hmm. some wacko stuff happening with people who are spiritual. So there's like that deterrence happening as well. But even amongst people who do have a level of Christian faith, there's also a lack of formation as well. Like not everyone has the same kind of levels of formation. Uh, Not as many people have had access and opportunity to be able to learn their faith and others just haven't had the thirst. And so then we also have people who just aren't interested in actually going and learning about the faith. So we have a whole range of things that makes it challenging to bear right. witness to the resurrection in You're this right. time. I think that's compounded by the fact that we live in a materialistic culture uh, and a rationalist culture, right? So a culture which is is obsessed with the material and tends to only believe that which is objectively measurable by the senses. Uh, so if I don't see it, you know, it's it's not real. If I don't mm. see it, it doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very, very sort of, you know, if, if I can't measure it through some kind of, of scientific measure that measures the material, uh, the material realm, uh, then, yeah. uh, then, then, then it's it's not a truth yeah. that I have to interact with. Yeah, um, and it's so. not like scientific, but also if it's the person themselves, if they themselves can't do it, yeah, like it, it, there's also a lack of acceptance of other evidence that others have done sure sure <laughs> who have used different material to be able to conclude and make a make a particular statement but if they themselves can't do it and that comes down to faith right at the right. end it comes right. down to whether you have yep, for sure. some capacity of faith to believe for sure for sure so i guess maybe from here we can also have a bit of a chat about what makes it harder then given that this context that we have like what, what is happening in our interior realm mm. that makes it so much more challenging? Because these, these are the outside factors, right, about culture. What's happening for us internally as Christians trying to yeah, practice yeah, our faith, sure, trying sure. to be a witness? Well, I think part of it is that there's a, a lack of hope and a, a mistaken self-sufficiency, right? So, And that's a commonly Christian thing, I think, is, is yeah, that yeah. despite the fact that we know we need the grace of God, we can actually tend to think ourselves oddly self-sufficient, uh, that somehow we can save ourselves, that somehow uh, we can make Easter a good Easter, or we can make you know um, we can make the lead up to Easter a good Lent, and we can make Easter a good Easter. Uh, you know that we can do all of those things mm. uh, quite apart from God's help, mm. uh, and um, and I think that 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 can actually look like leaning so heavily into the externals of Easter, into the liturgy, the prayers. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of the externals. Mm. I'm a big external mm. guy, mm. right? Uh, but I think sometimes we can lean so heavily into those that we actually forget that there's an interior spirit that goes along with those, that if the interior spirit isn't there, then it's us doing stuff to try and make Easter special or to try and make Easter something which is adequately celebrated. And, and you know, that's, that's not the approach a Christian takes. And, and that, that approach does actually affect our hope because the hope of Easter has been placed in our own hands mm. instead of placing it in the hands of Almighty God. 
and saying, look, all of these things, these liturgies, these prayers, these practices which we have at Easter, all of these, Lord, dispose us to you. All of these lead us to you, not to me, to you. Yeah. Mm. That's something which sometimes becomes obscured. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And bouncing off of what you were saying there in terms of um, self-sufficiency too, one of the things that happens with, with that is a lack of trust because that, that's kind of what's sitting behind this self-sufficiency trait that we have is that we can't trust anybody else mm. but ourselves. And so then we can sit in this space of, you know, worrying, well, you know, I can make so many mistakes, right? Like every Christian on the planet <laughs> makes, makes mistakes because none right? of us yeah. are perfect. So that's part of what we have to deal with here on earth. And so along with that too can come this idea, even if you wouldn't verbalize it, we can have this underlying belief that what if God makes mistakes the way we make mistakes? Mm. But the reality is that that's not true. Like we know that as soon as I say that, you go, what? what? Like, that, that, that's rubbish. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, it is. But that doesn't mean that we can't interiorly believe it just yeah. because we, you know, we can say the opposite verbally. Sure. And so I guess coming back to trust then is to remember that we can trust God and that he wants us to trust him, but also that he trusts us mm. as well, because that, that's how our relationship works is the two ways trust in that we can trust him in that when we make a mistake that we can go to him and say, I stuffed up. And he'll like he's the first person to say, "Come, like, come, let's fix it." He's never the one going, oh, "I don't know about this time," or right, right. "I don't know, you really hurt me that time." Yeah, like, he's, he's yeah. never, he's never umming and ahhing about whether he wants us close when we've made a mistake or not. And yet, we tend to put him in that place, particularly if we're triggered in some way. Yeah. You know, if shame yeah. trigger happens, well, then we're automatically going, "Well, there's no way, yeah. no way, God yeah. would forgive me." You remind me of. Um you remind me of, of either Hosea or Isaiah, one of the two. Uh, they talk about um, uh, Isaiah um, speaks in God's name and says, uh, or God speaks through Isaiah, I should say. Mm. And, uh, and he, says, uh, he says to the people of Israel, come now, let us talk this over. Yeah. You know, although your sins might be red as skulls, yeah. they will be white as snow. Yeah. You know, like he's, it's, it's okay. Come on, yeah. let's talk this over, guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's he's yeah mm -hmm. yeah he's mm -hmm. a good god. Yeah, he is, yeah. and it's like it's the pic like as you're describing that I'm picturing you know this this father yeah. who would treat a toddler the same way like yeah. toddlers coming along playing in and just knocks over dad's coffee. Whoops! Now there's coffee all over the Come now, let's carpet. Talk this like over. exactly, yeah, yeah. he's not yeah. the one going. He's, what are you doing, you what stupid you kid? Like yeah. he's not doing that. He's going. Come on, I can see you're upset, or I can see you're startled by this. Yeah, just yeah. just yeah. come here, come in. Um, yeah. That's the God that we have to work with, and that—that's the God and the relationship that we're in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The other, perhaps, cultural difficulty in in bearing witness to the resurrection is that sometimes there can be a tendency to place our hopes in people of status and influence, and being disappointed when they don't deliver. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this this happens in the Christian world every bit as much as it does in the secular world. Mm. Um, um, I can remember some years back now there was a there was a, a Christian speaker who was just it and the bit and and 
everyone was just like taken with this guy, but he didn't turn out to be the person that he was portraying, mm. right? Mm. And the effect of that was that there was there, there were quite a number of people who fell away from the faith. Mm. You know, oh look, you know this this person has done this horrible thing. How can the faith be real? But where was your faith? Where was the faith? Yeah. Was it in this in this person, this albeit very very gifted speaker, but but that's not who our faith is meant to be in. Our faith isn't meant to be in preachers. Our faith isn't meant to be in priests. Our faith isn't meant to be in popes. Our faith isn't meant to be in in you know anyone else except Almighty God. Mm. That's where our faith needs to be. Mm. And that's what really enables us to bear witness to the resurrection is that our faith is placed in a person who doesn't let us down, mm. in a person who's always with us. Um, in some ways, placing our faith in another human being is kind of the most unfair proposition. It's, it's, to, it's to expect perfection from a person who is fundamentally imperfect, mm. and that's not fair. Mm. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, that common saying that gets thrown around, um, don't leave Jesus because of Judas. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. also don't yeah. leave Jesus because Peter fell. Like Right, right. Like right. he sure, he was he tried really hard and he wanted he wanted to be able to love wanted to be able to love Jesus, but he also denied him like yeah. three times. Yeah. And he was told that's gonna that's happen. Gonna happen. And he's yeah. like he Still did it. it. Yep. So, like, don't don't also leave Jesus because of people who have a particular standing in yes. the faith and yes. are trying to live their lives and they fall. Um, it's almost an unfair expectation that we sometimes put on people, particularly yeah. leaders of yeah. some kind, that we put on them that they will never fall. <laughs> and no. if they dare fall, <laughs> well, then we're going to boot them out of that position. Right. Well, right. hang on. Like, what are we what yeah. are we doing here? That's that's a really unfair level of pressure mm. do we mm. want them to excel of course do we want them to have a high standard yes mm. should we hold them accountable mm. to that and have conversations about that yes mm. but let's not pretend they're perfect and expect perfection from them yeah no, absolutely absolutely i guess also thinking about another thing that makes hope really hard is when hope is challenged when you start to feel like you're losing Hope, which happens when you have a major challenge in your life, whether that be something like financial stability or health challenges, either for yourself or a loved one. Sometimes watching a loved one's worse yes. than the health challenges that we might go through, including mental health challenges that we might face as well. But also in our current climate, job security, like mm. that's a big one. Housing mm. is another big one that a lot of people are facing. And when you have challenges like that, after the experience that we've had as a globe in more recent years, that can really beat your hope down. Yeah. Can really wear you out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Where is, where is the risen Christ when I'm 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 in a down and out place? Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess having talked a little bit then about, you know what challenges we may face in the culture, let's have a chat about what we can do about that like how can we how can we not lose hope padre <laughs> all right all right well i think first of all the, the 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 thing that first comes to mind for me is pray for the virtue of hope um yeah. the virtue of hope is 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 uh that virtue by which our our hearts are fixed on the next life that virtue by which we're 
we, we, we don't have a gaze for this world, we have a gaze for the next world. And we can even start to see elements of the next world threaded in some way, shape or form in this world, you know. Mm. Uh, we can see the glory of God in, um, what, what would uh, Jared Manley Hopkins say, um, uh, give glory to God for the dappled things, you know, mm. where, where in the in the most mundane of things you actually see the some of the most glorious uh, or works like, of God. Um, like what our prayer coordinator Grace Morey says. She says the veil is very thin. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, thin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I think praying for that virtue of hope by which we can actually start to start to see the glory of God here and now, uh, and and live with a hope to inherit it fully in the next life. Uh, that's that's a big thing, and also when when we find ourselves in the midst of suffering, to actually bring that to Jesus and just sit with Him with that, mm-hmm. just to sit with Him with that suffering actually mm-hmm. makes a real difference. Just to to be like, well, Jesus, I have this suffering here; it is, and I'm just going to sit here with this with you. And it's remarkable how frequently, um, from my own experience, that God really does come and sit with you. Like Jesus yeah. really does come and sit with you, and you yeah. feel His presence in that moment. Yeah, but also. Sit with other people in their suffering as well. You know, like, like we can't be afraid to let people sit with us in our suffering and we also can't be afraid to sit with others in theirs mm. to actually go and, and that can be really hard. It can be very confronting when somebody else is going through suffering and there's nothing much that you can say. All that you can really do is be present to them and to be present to them, to be another Christ to them just by your presence. Mm. Um, that's a huge thing. Mm. Like that's a that's a... Um, it's it's almost the crucifixion before the resurrection moment. Mm. You know, it's it's sitting in suffering, in anticipation of the resurrection. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, the job that I held before the job that I have at the moment was to support families who had children who were diagnosed with cancer or other life threatening illnesses, and often the families of those children, the most common thread between them all was that communities left them. People walked out of their lives, not because they didn't want to be there, but because they didn't know what to say. Mm. And those families would continuously say exactly what you're saying. It's it's okay if you don't know what to say. Like, we don't expect you to come with advice. We don't expect you to come and solve our problems, but come and be with us. Don't leave us alone. They were so, they felt so alone because people were so afraid to just go and be. So I think yeah. the greatest piece of learning that I got from that was it's okay to go to someone and say, I don't have the words. I don't know what to say yeah. to help you through what you're going through, but I want you to know I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's powerful. Yeah, really my powerful. Word. My word. I guess another is when we might struggle with zeal um, or struggle with our convictions even. And it's really important, firstly, like you said, that we need to ask. We need to ask for our convictions to be renewed. We need to ask for our zeal to be renewed if we find ourselves in that place. But also if we find ourselves going, "Mm, I have questions that are coming to mind, that we actually go and find answers for those or Mm. ask those questions. Because often we can get these questions that come through and we go, oh, yeah, that's that's interesting or, yeah, that might be something or, oh, I don't know where that question came from. And when we leave it unaddressed, it can sit in a place where it actually sows seeds of doubt, left unanswered. So it's really important that we hold those questions that come forward to some measure of um, accountability mm. 
and we yeah. actually go and face those questions for what they are, even if they might be challenging and struggling. Like if they if they're questions that really make you go, or oh, if I go here, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. to my belief system. I don't know what's going to happen to my life. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen to the choices, the way that I live my life. Like if it's really going to challenge you, it's even more important. Yes, to go yes, and have absolutely. those questions absolutely. asked. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no question. No question. Um, and just having confidence too, <laughs> like having confidence in God that he will equip us. Yeah. Like he will give us what we need if we ask for it yeah. and we genuinely, it's genuinely good for us. Yeah. He's not yeah. going to withhold. No, he's not. He's not. He's not that kind of God. Um, he He does look after us. And, and I think the more that you, you, know, you were talking before about, about um, uh, asking for zeal and, and, and I think, the more that we ask for zeal and the more Jesus actually shows us opportunities to practically exercise that zeal, the more confidence we have in yeah. it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes strengthened, yes. which is natural, yeah, yeah, yeah by that's experience. Right. That's right. And, uh, and look, ultimately, Jesus is risen. Alleluia, alleluia. Uh, and he calls us to rise with him. You know, there's, a, there's, a great, um, there's a great reading from Holy Saturday uh, which is uh, which I've probably used every single Easter episode we've ever done, but it bears repeating every single time. But tell us again, Padre. Uh, tell us know, again. It's, it's, uh, um, it's from an ancient unknown author uh, who writes about um, you know the the Adam and Eve in um, uh, awaiting sort of salvation from Jesus. You know, they've been waiting to, to, to enter paradise and, and the gates of heaven have been closed. And, and now Jesus has, has died and he's rising to life. Uh, and so we hear this, this, uh, these words in this reading, awake, O sleeper, uh, rise to new life, awake. Uh, and I think that's those, those are words for all of us at Easter. Awake, O sleeper. Uh, there is there is new hope on the horizon, and that hope has a name, Jesus Christ. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that takes us to the end of our Easter episode. Thanks for joining us so far in this new season, season yeah. three, new season of the you know of our faith lives, of our you know, yeah. whole works. Um, so thanks for joining us. But um, before we go, we'll do a truth, beauty, and goodness. Oh. What have you got for us, Andre? Recently, I did a staff spirituality day at one of my schools. Mm. And uh, I, I presented at that and also partook in some of the sessions. And And uh, it was actually just really cool to sit down with the teachers and, uh, and get to work with them on what Jesus is asking them as they enter into the school year. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, for our American friends and the school year mm. for us begins in February. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. Epic. How about you? Mm. For me, it's been another Jacques Philippe book mm. Um, mm. I picked up in the School of the Holy Spirit, which is one that I found last year, I think, and I sat with it for a bit and was like, I think I'd, I'd like to ask someone to journey this one with me. So mm. I found someone that – Someone I've I've admired for some time sure. now, and who's very much filled with the Holy Spirit, just mm. in the way she moves and lives her life and vocation. So, 
I approached her and said, hey, would you like to read this book with me? I don't know. It's a very short book. I don't know how long it'll take. We'll just take it day by day kind of thing. Mm. She was like, yeah, sure. And then things happened that sort of prevented us from starting when we were meant to start and it ended up being like a Lenten book read. <laughs> so it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah, sure, sure. So, yeah, it's been really, really awesome in the School of the Holy Spirit by Father Jacques Philippe. Yeah, he's an excellent author. Yeah. Excellent author. Yeah. Yeah, lots Mm. of gems in there. Mm. Well, as we always do at the end of our Easter episodes, we might ask you to say a little prayer for us, Padre. Certainly. Almighty and ever-living God, we believe that you are here and that you are present to us. And we know of your great love for us. A love that is evident every time we look at the cross. A love that is evident every time we, we see an empty tomb. Every time we bite into an Easter egg and see a hollow shell. Uh, we recognise that you are, have died for us and have risen from the grave. And we ask you, Lord, to help us rise as well, to rise from the lies from the kingdom of hell which are designed to keep us down, lies which we sometimes perpetuate ourselves, lies which obscure the reality of who we are, We ask, Lord, that you might help us to rise from these and rise to a new life of grace with you where all of our hope and faith is placed in you. Lord, we know you are the God who never, ever fails us, who has always journeyed with his people and led them to salvation. And it is no different today. You will never, ever fail us. You will never, ever abandon us. In the darkest moments, assure us of this reality. We ask all this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Padre. And that takes us to the end of this episode. Very good. Thank you for joining us. Um, Thank you for those of you who are our Patreon supporters. Yes, yes. Um, If you're not a Patreon supporter and you can financially support our ministry, could you jump over to Patreon and see if there's a tier there that you'd be able to join? That will help us to actually keep this podcast moving forward. Like we're trying to get some new content happening and we're trying Mm. to do a few new things, but it's chewing up the dollars. So um, to be able to make that possible, we do need some financial support. So if you're able to do that, you're able to have a look and see, that would be very, very much appreciated. Please join. But as always, until next time, all of our love and praise. God bless.